0: If you like small-town mystery, crazy news, and wild history, then the Florida Men on Florida Man podcast is for you. Each week, Josh Mills and Wayne McCarty bring you the absolute best Florida has to offer. So if you're looking for a show that's safe for the family, but funny enough to help you escape everyday life, then listen to the Florida Men on Florida Man podcast. That's Florida Men, plural, on Florida Man podcast.
1: Welcome to Malpractice Podcast. Ready to get started?
2: I am ready. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Happy
1: Valentine's Day to you and to all of our listeners. I'm Jess. Oh, I'm Sydney. Yeah, we did
2: it. Yeah. And it's Valentine's Day.
1: It's Valentine's Day, and I have a kitten in the room. She's here on a limited trial basis. Correct. And I will kick her out quickly if she starts to act up. So It's
2: it's also my favorite recording time. In the morning. Malpractice in the
1: morning. This is Malpractice (laughs) in the morning. And we got some stuff to talk about.
2: (sighs) We got some stuff. Before we get into the heinous Crimington Mm. that we are going to talk about today, um, Sydney is a hero. And saved her neighbor's house.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, So basically, one day this week, we were at home, relaxing, and we live pretty close to a fire station, so we often hear the sirens like going up and down the street. Not that big of a deal.
2: Does it make you feel safe? I like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I think it reduces your fire insurance rates if you're close to, like, your homeowner's insurance, if your house is close to a fire station. Sorry. It makes me feel safe. Sorry. Just a side side comment there. Oh, no. (laughs) Excellent question. It does make me feel safer. So this guy driving the fire truck, like, parked in front of our house with a siren on, and then people started getting out, and for a second I was like, Do I need to know something about what's happening in in Mm -hmm. my... Is my house on fire? That's the correct response. Sure. If a fire truck parks in front of your house, that should be your response, probably. So I go outside and smoke is billowing out of my neighbor's house. And
2: billowing is such a descriptive word. Like, you can only billow one way. Correct. Yes.
1: In a terrifying way. Yeah. And so apparently... Um, someone left a candle running and ran out to do an errand. And bada bing. And yeah, their whole second story, I think is, uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. So I, I feel terrible for them. But also, it reminded me to be careful about candles because I'm right. I try to be, you know. But everybody, you are
2: pretty. I'm, I'm not. It definitely reminded me. I was like, oh no, because I will leave a candle. I'll be like, my house smells so good when I come home. Yeah, bitch, it is not worth it. You can't. she says to herself. You can't. It's just not worth it. (laughs) No, but you did like your neighbor has an elderly mother, and you were like telling the firemen like. There's an elderly woman in there. Please make sure she gets out. Yeah, it was
1: kind of scary. And there was smoke everywhere. So I'm like, you know, it's probably not great for her lungs to inhale any kind of smoke at that age. I think she's like 90. So it was kind of scary. And they have a dog. The dog got out fine. Everybody's fine. Super scary. But I've never been that close to a house on fire. Uh, And I just had to kick the kitten out of this room. She had to go.
2: You gotta go. I was uh, curious because you describe her as a kitten, but to anyone else, she is a jungle cat. (laughs) She's she's
1: a full grown. She's bigger than both of our, our other two cats are eight years old and she's like eight months old and she's bigger than both of them already.
2: She's so cute, though.
1: If you want. A mini feral jungle cat in your house. Highly suggest getting a Maine Coon.
2: Yeah, she's so pretty.
1: She's pretty, but she's uh. Vicious. Yeah. Like a jungle cat. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm, Yeah.
1: And she's approximately the size of a puma.
2: She's giant. Yeah. I wanted to also talk about Rihanna's concert. Concert that (laughs) was interrupted by football. Mm -hmm. Um, she like made history. She's the first pregnant person to perform at the Super Bowl.
1: I didn't know that. That's cool.
2: Oh, at least that's what the internet said.
1: I will say when she came on the party that the Super Bowl party that I was at, everybody immediately was like, Is she pregnant again? Me. Because I feel like she just gave birth pretty recently, right? She gave birth in May. Okay, okay. She's definitely...
2: It's been confirmed she is pregnant. Right. Um. She, in my opinion, killed it, but I'm a, I'm a stan. I, like, love Rihanna.
1: Oh, yeah. I feel like Rihanna can do nothing wrong. I feel like her energy was very low, which I understand and respect.
2: I loved it. I thought it was more like... And maybe it's because I I get winded sitting down as a pregnant person. (laughs) As a pregnant person, I'm like, wow. Like, I was so impressed that she was walking around and singing with the clarity that she did. But I was also like, she's so, like, cool. Like, she's just so casual. She's
1: very charismatic. Yeah. She could do whatever she wants. Exactly.
2: Yeah. I was like, this is awesome. And then all of her dancers were doing all of the things. So I was like, you go off. She can just relaxed. Yeah. I loved it and then I, I loved her like placement of like her Fenty products. And... Did you
1: see the sales went up 883%? Yeah.
2: Michelle like reported to me about that. Um, yeah. I didn't realize how much of a fan I was I guess until yeah, she started singing and every song I was like this is a bop. This has been a bop the whole time.
1: The whole first half of the football game everyone was trying to guess what she was going to lead with like what song she would start with mm-hmm. and apparently there was like a huge betting Line on it. Like people were betting on the order of the songs. Applause. We we are here. Yeah. Especially for being pregnant. That's that's a lot. I'm telling
2: you, I'm I'm tired sitting here.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm not pregnant at the same.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was impressed.
1: Yeah. What else? Oh, it was a good it was a good football game if you're into that.
2: Listen, I hate football, but even I was like, oh, this is a good game. Yeah. I mean, I was like working on other stuff during the game. But I was like, oh, they scored, oh, they scored, oh, they scored. And I was very invested in the brothers situation, playing on opposite teams. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to know which brother won.
1: (laughs) My family is very into the Patrick Mahomes situation. I
2: wish I knew what you were talking about. Yeah, talk to me. The
1: quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, is from Tyler, Texas. And my cousin threw a crawfish boil. And one of his friends was like, hey, can I bring my friend? And my cousin was like, yeah, it's a crawfish boil, the more the merrier, right? Mm -hmm. And the guy he showed up with was Patrick Mahomes, who I think this was just before he got drafted into the NFL, but he was already, like, pretty famous. And my cousin said he was just, like, a super nice, very chill guy, like, offered to pay him money for crawfish. He was like, can I bring beer? Yeah. Super nice guy, is what I was told. So, my family's invested in him personally.
2: Um, I hate to ask this question. Was he on the
1: winning team? Yes, <laughs> yes, he was.
2: Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything. Um, yeah, but it was a good. It was a good. Call. Yeah.
1: So it was. It was fun. You want to get into this horrifying episode? Yeah, I, I do
2: want to get into the episode. I'm not. This is a tough one, I think. And and to that point we wanted to put out a bit of a trigger warning. This episode will include discussion about sexual assault. Please be advised if you listen and as you listen, the crimes this man has committed are atrocious and alarming. He has been convicted of sexual battery and sexual penetration of an unconscious person. So we encourage listening with caution and just wanted to put that out there before we get into, you know, all the details.
1: Yeah, it's a good thing to start with that if that's an uncomfortable thing for you to listen to maybe skip this episode because it is a huge bummer um i will say bummer episodes when we started this podcast were like our calling card
2: i love it a bummer yeah
1: i was talking about this episode with eric and he was like you guys haven't done a a real bum out episode in a while so it's probably okay (laughs) and i was like you're right yeah
2: we haven't and I will acknowledge that while researching and reading about this, I had to take breaks. It's
1: a lot. Yeah. Because
2: it's a, it's like alarming. Mm-hmm. So here we go.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just a Deep it's, breath. It's a good thing to, to put out there to start with, for sure.
2: Yeah. We are going to cover a recent criminal who's been brought to justice within the last few months in the form of Dr. James M. Heaps.
0: He was a prominent UCLA doctor, an OBGYN and surgeon. But today, Dr. James Heaps is on trial, facing 21 counts of committing sexual abuse during medical examinations.
2: This man has become, through our research, one of the worst human beings we've ever heard of. And we wanted to share what we've learned to honor his victims and their loved ones who have suffered through the horrible crimes he's committed against them. Mm-hmm. Heaps was a UCLA health OBGYN obstetrician gynecologist. The only science words I can say because I see him all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Who recently faced criminal and civil charges over the numerous counts of sexual assault and harassment he committed during medical appointments. He was a practicing doctor for over 30 years, working for the University of California, L.A., and retired from UCLA Health in June of 2018 as one of the highest paid University of California employees with a seven-figure salary. Yeah. Yeah. It's disgusting, and we'll tell you why.
1: I saw that he was, I I think at the height of his career, when he quote-unquote retired in 2018, he was making like $1.2 million a year.
2: 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So... From 1988 to 2018, he was working and held privileges at the Ronald Reagan UCLA Medical Center. In May of 2019, the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office brought charges against him, beginning with two felony counts of sexual battery by fraud and one felony count of sexual exploitation involving two former patients. Right. Oh, and I wanted to mention, I don't know if, if you put anything about this, Sydney, but if you're wondering, like, how can you have sexual battery by fraud, It is because he would, under the guise of medical necessity, like, assault patients. Right. And lie that it was, like, a necessary thing he was doing.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm glad you clarified that. I
2: googled it because I was, like, fraud. And then I was like, oh, you're just a big, disgusting liar pants. And he would be like, I have to do this. You need it. Right. And then it would not be necessary.
1: Exactly. And we have a few specific instances um, that I wanted to include. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about kind of how that happens in an appointment and how you might know that something is very off. But for the patients that he assaulted, it's it's pretty cut and dried. Like what he did yeah. wrong, it becomes very obvious very quickly. So
2: 100%. And just another ch- uh, point, you can always say no. Sure. If you are uncomfortable in an appointment... You can say no, right? Even if there is another person in the room, yep. You can still say no, and you should say no if you are uncomfortable. Yeah, say no and
1: get out. And a good physician, I think, will tell you what they're gonna do before they do it. Yep, and explain why things are necessary. And if something doesn't make sense to you, you can just you can just say no. You can say no. Um. Mm-hmm. So that's. That, I'm glad you brought that up because that's really important. Sorry. No, no, I'm glad. Step off that little soapbox really quick. No, I'm really glad you brought it up. It's pretty difficult to find a ton of information about his background before all of this started. It does seem like Dr. Heaps was practicing for a very long time, like over 30 years, as a highly regarded OBGYN. And then when these allegations started coming out, a lot of people were surprised. But as it turns out, not everyone was surprised. Mm-hmm. Right. Red flag. 2019 was not the first time that Dr. Heaps had been mentioned in, in connection with this type of allegation. In fact, in 2014, he was first investigated by the California State Medical Board as well as UCLA following a complaint filed against him. And... I want to point out that investigated, I'm putting in heavy quotations, right? (laughs) Uh, Investigated is a strong word for how they handled the very first complaints that were made against him. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It all started when a patient posted a Yelp review that said basically Dr. Heaps inappropriately touched or grabbed, groped a patient's breast during a a routine breast exam, which OBGYNs do breast exams. I don't think that's uncommon, but the way that he made physical contact with this patient was really inappropriate.
2: Yeah. Red
1: flag. and that's Straight it. to jail. Correct. UCLA Health said that the medical system officials were aware of the review on Yelp, but they did not inform the police and they never reached out to the accuser. So
2: I don't understand how the people who's became aware of that, didn't face criminal charges for like impeding an investigation or covering it
1: up. There's some real internal problems that mm-hmm. this case brought out in UCLA that I think yeah, we'll get into it, but Yeah, we will. Right. Um because when
2: we do a bummer episode, we call out everybody.
1: <laughs> everybody involved. Everybody can
2: catch it. Like this is an accusation of sexual assault and everyone covered it up. They yeah, they should have Someone should be held accountable for not reporting this sooner.
1: I completely agree. And he's been practicing since the 80s. Mm-hmm. and Well before Yelp reviews. Right, well before Yelp reviews. And when we get into it, some of the cases that people bring against him are from the 80s. Like, he's been doing this yeah. basically during his entire career. So I would guess that there are a long line of people who helped cover up what he had been doing. 100%. Yep. So this Yelp review... There was this anonymous uh, L.A. area woman who was a graduate student at UCLA. Uh, she claimed publicly that she was assaulted by Dr. Heaps in 2008. She posted the Yelp review. Basically, she said that she, she told the uh, L.A. Times that she posted this review because she saw that he was getting a ton of positive reviews. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, people need to know what happened to me. Right. Um, as soon as this came out publicly, a UCLA spokesperson, Rhonda Curry, responded saying that they did eventually refer the complaints to the state medical board, but that they never contacted the victim or police about the accusations.
2: You didn't want to know.
1: Or... You didn't want to know. Or forwarded the information to the yeah. police is, is a problem, right? Like That's a huge problem. He committed a crime against someone and you deliberately didn't investigate it. So... That's going to keep happening kind of over and over until he's eventually uh, brought to justice. The UCLA spokesperson also said that an independent review will be done eventually to investigate why the hospital system failed to actually investigate these allegations further. But I think we can all pretty much guess why, which is trying to save face. It's the same thing that hospitals do in these cases. Right. Over and over, right? Yeah. Then later in 2014, other allegations started to come out, including one particularly disturbing story from a single mother who saw heaps for a consultation on whether to remove her ovaries following a bilateral mastectomy, chemotherapy, and radiation.
2: Yeah, the the, uh, second worst part about him is that he was, like, well-known for his work with patients who had cancer. Yes, yes. So a lot of these
1: victims are also... Cancer survivors. ...in the
2: throes of, yeah, of dealing with that diagnosis, and then they get him. Correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's a one-two punch to get cancer and then deal with the doctor who does this to you, because it's horrifying. I sat there
0: thinking this is a gynecological oncologist. Much more training and education than most doctors i see i knew it felt uncomfortable but i should trust
1: him just I, I just want to reinforce that trigger warning you might if you feel icky about this go ahead and fast forward 30 seconds because yeah for this patient she said it quickly became a physical exam And the story gets extremely cringy. But this patient shared her story with the L.A. Times. And I think it really illustrates the type of inappropriate behavior that he regularly displayed with patients. So I wanted to talk about it.
2: Yeah. And I think because she was interviewed and, like, shared it, it's good for people to understand, like, what... These victims were exposed to.
1: Yes. In a very vulnerable place. The OBGYN's office, like I can't imagine a more intimate relationship you could have with a doctor. Yeah, seriously. This woman who we're we're not gonna mention her name specifically because of the type of allegations she made, she alleges that the doctor began rubbing his bare hands, she called it sensually, across her exposed stomach, s- circled her navel with his finger like an intimate partner is what she said and then he lifted the paper sheet that covered the lower half of her body and ran a gloveless finger through her pubic hair um she said that he told her uh after the incision you'll be able to wear a skimpy bikini and then laughed and then with when a nurse entered the room she says that the doctor pulled the sheet down like he had just been caught Mm-hmm. And then when the nurse left, he pulled the sheet back up and ran his hands all over her body, telling her that he was checking for skin cancer. No, stop. Um, so this patient reported this horrifying interaction formally to UCLA 10 days after and to the California Medical Board. And all she got back was basically a letter that said, quote, I'm sorry you had such a negative experience.
2: Well, I'm sorry. I'm about to sue your ass.
1: Correct. And so with all of this on the record about Dr. Heaps, this information was available to UCLA and to the California Medical Board between 2014 and 2017. And he basically just continued to see patients without facing any kind of consequences for these actions. Right. He worked uh, part-time at the UCLA Student Health Center from 1989 to 2000. And, 10, and then after that worked at UCLA under contract, but he continued working after these allegations were made uh, available to UCLA. Yes. Right.
2: Yes. I am so... Mad about this. I literally am like, shut down UCLA. (laughs) That's that's like, I was so enraged. I know it was just one person, one department, right? I understand that it's not the whole system, but it was, that's so sick.
1: Because of the fact that he was working since the 80s, again, I just have to think that this is not the first time this information Mm -hmm. was brought forward to UCLA.
0: In their lawsuit, they claimed UCLA Medical Center knew about multiple complaints involving Dr. Heaps' behavior but failed to act. Do you think UCLA Health covered up for Dr. Heaps? I believe deep in my heart that the people in charge at UCLA knew. And the sad thing is they allowed it to happen year after year after year.
2: Attorney John Manley, who represents the 2014 patient from the story Sydney just told and also represents a ton of other patients um, who were allegedly sexually abused by heaps, said, quote, they basically hid the complaint and allowed him to continue to find new victims at UCLA through doing that. Right. Then in 2017, UCLA finally opened a Title IX investigation, which took two years to complete. Which is, mm-hmm. again, shut it down. <laughs> it's gross. I, I, I'm telling you, when I got to this, I was like, oh hell no, UCLA has to go.
1: Two years is a long time to complete. It's I, a
2: long time.
1: I understand you have to really thoroughly investigate, but the fact that the fact that it was brought up in 2014 and they didn't even start an investigation until 2017, and then it took two years, is not acceptable.
2: Well, and the other thing is. You would only have to do one little smidge of research to be like, oh, this is probably out of our hands. Right. This is probably a police matter. Right. This is probably not appropriate for us to re-victimize people, likely. Yeah. And we should give it to actual criminal professionals. Right. But I digress forever.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, I agree. And the fact that Opening a Title IX investigation about a sexual assault is what campuses do, and I think that that in and of itself is a huge issue. Like, I, yeah, this should this is not an in-house matter anymore. Agreed. This yep. should have gone to the police immediately.
2: Yep. So during this two years of investigating, and I will put the biggest quotes around investigating because I don't know what the fuck they were doing for two years. No. He continued seeing and assaulting patients. During the investigation, and then after his contract was not renewed in 2018, this investigation was triggered by a separate complaint from a different patient, which started to stack up quickly. So once people hear that he is being investigated, they're like, okay, well, fine, maybe I'll just tell you what happened to me too, right? Right. So once his contract expired, UCLA finally reported their findings to the police, because now they're not... They feel like they won't be held accountable. Right. uh, But joke's on you. Correct. But the university officials never warned the campus about heaps, although federal law requires them to do so if they believe someone accused of sexual assault is a safety threat, which you would think that they do believe that because they reported it to the fucking police. Correct. Anyway, someone from UCLA can catch these hands. I'm so pissed off. Everyone. Yeah. (sighs) And in June of 2018, UCLA sent a letter to patients announcing with quote, mixed emotions, not for me, that Dr. Heaps was retiring, which, and if they already had an idea of what his conduct conduct has been, that's an interesting move to like, see ya, we love you, XOXO, gossip girl.
1: Right. Also... Uh, retiring is an interesting way of phrasing what happened here, which is essentially that they're attempting to dodge... Litigation. ...charges being filed against him for his past bullshit, and then he was terminated by the university. So I think it's really interesting that they sent a letter out to patients that's like, this is going to be a seamless transition. We have really mixed emotions about him retiring. Um, I think your only emotion should have been, phew! Yeah.
2: And also... You should have fired him. Yeah. Instead of just allowing his contract to not renew. Right. That is a sneaky way of trying to get out of the situation.
1: That's correct. But you're
2: not going to get out of the situation today.
1: (sighs) I don't know. It's like, it's very clear, I think, by their actions, what they were trying to do. It's like that nurse. Yes. That murder nurse. Which one? All of them? Yeah, literally. (laughs)
2: They're like, always like, you can resign or we'll we'll fire you. And it's like, okay, well, they just want to sneak away into the night. Yes, and no,
1: letting his contract expire is basically just trying to avoid litigation, yeah, a hundred percent for sure so yeah.
2: eventually university records that had been disclosed by the Los Angeles Times revealed that they only turned things over after several more accusations came to light right. the LA District Attorney's office brought charges against heaps on may twenty second two thousand nineteen, right. When criminal charges were filed, UCLA suddenly started caring. And they were like, oh, my God, this is so crazy. Even though you're the one that submitted all this stuff to the police. So is it that crazy? Right. And they dedicated a page on the website for information on the investigation and interactions with him. A full page. So they're like, this guy, I'm so glad he, his contract expired. Like, look, that's nuts.
1: Yeah, what fortunate timing.
2: But... Um, UCLA didn't get out of this unscathed by any means. So they reached a $2.25 million settlement with the patient from the story that Sydney was, was telling in June of 2019 and another settlement of 1.3 million when a coworker was sexually harassed and retaliated against after participating in the investigation against heaps.
1: Right. And they are going to keep on paying. <laughs> that's that's the story of the University of California system from this point on. Yeah.
0: Now, in the aftermath of the investigation, UCLA tells NBC News Dr. Heaps did retire while he was under investigation. And it regrets the way his departure was characterized.
2: So Heaps is finally arrested in 2019 at the age of 65, which once he's arrested... Thousands of people come forward with sexual abuse and assault claims. Right. He was out free on bond, but was taken into custody on bail of $1.9 million. should have been higher, but here we are. Right. A 2020 UCLA special investigative report said that Heaps has used painful vaginal exam techniques, unnecessarily groped and touched patients, and made inappropriate sexual comments to patients and staff. Upon arrest, he was facing... 21 felony counts right and i also think that ucla in this special investigative report undersold what he did yeah because like being inappropriate is different than sexual assault just say what it is
1: yeah yeah just just go ahead and call it what it is and i think eventually they do yes but
2: it's like pulling teeth
1: On February 8th of 2022, so last year, the University of California system reached another agreement with 203 different women who said that they were abused by him. They agreed to pay out $243 million to settle those claims. That's a lot of money. (laughs) Oh, it's a huge amount of money. Yeah. This came on top of a $73 million class action settlement that involved 5,000 patients, and those allegations started in the 80s. Yeah. When combined with previous settlements, that amount is now nearly $700
0: million, the largest settlement amount ever reached by a public university over sex abuse allegations.
1: A separate state investigation showed that UCLA ignored several complaints of abuse over decades against heaps. So, like we said, mm-hmm. this was not a one time thing that UCLA uh, you know heard through the grapevine and then chose not to not to do anything about. This was this was a pattern of behavior that they deliberately chose to correct. To let slide. But they never do it again. Fingers crossed, right? Right. Uh, to date, UCLA has now spent about $700 million in lawsuit settlements for its alleged role in concealing the abuse.
2: That's correct.
1: Oh, yeah. More, please. For sure. Uh, attorney Jennifer McGrath, who represented many of the victims in the lawsuits and the criminal cases, said, quote, It's just the greatest betrayal of trust that you can imagine, and
0: it's damaged them in ways that are very difficult to recover from. Attorneys Jennifer McGrath and Darren Kavanoki represent the women. Dr. Heaps not only betrayed the trust that his patients bestowed in him, but he would oftentimes exaggerate or embellish a woman's risk of cancer specifically to get those women back into his office when he could abuse them yet again.
1: Assistant head deputy district attorney Danette Myers said, quote, Instead of upholding the Hippocratic Oath, Heaps used his position as a doctor, as a specialist, to sexually assault incredibly vulnerable women.
2: That's exactly period. Which is exactly right. And straight to jail.
1: Prosecutors portrayed Heaps as exploiting his position as a renowned cancer specialist, specifically— To prey on women during his 35 years associated with UCLA, which I find to borrow a line from Law and Order SVU. Yep. Especially heinous. Yep. As a cancer specialist? Yeah. What are you, the devil?
2: That's exactly correct. Yeah.
1: Ugh. Uh, During his trial, women spoke out from the witness stand, telling similar stories about groping, penetration with ungloved hands, and acts. That is so disgusting. Mm, I hate even saying the word, yeah, and acts of sexual stimulation under the guise of medical exams. So that's where the fraud comes in. That's where the fraud comes in. That's exactly what I was about to say. Deputy District Attorney Rosa Zavala told the jury, you get to tell the, the defendant that he can no longer hide behind UCLA and that he cannot hide behind the white coat and that he is guilty of every single count. Period. The defense would go on to say that exams were appropriate and, quote, for a medical purpose, Heaps' defense attorney, Levin, says that Heaps has been, quote, painted as a monster in the press when, in fact, he was saving lives. Like, yeah, okay.
0: His attorney spoke for him.
1: Dr. Heaps denies each and every one of the allegations against him.
0: He says countless former patients support Dr. Heaps and his life-saving care.
1: There are just as many women out there who swear by him and think he's the greatest doctor they have ever gone to. No. 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 You're a monster.
2: No. Yeah, so he was charged with 21 counts total, but the jury had a holdup. They couldn't reach a verdict on nine of the counts, including three counts of sexual battery by fraud, four counts of sexual penetration of an unconscious person, and two counts of sexual exploitation of a patient. On those counts, the judge, Michael D. Carter, declared a mistrial with the deadlock. Basically, the jury, they could not make a decision on just nine of those counts. Yeah. Um, and he was acquitted on three counts of sexual battery by fraud, three counts of sexual penetration of an unconscious person, and one count of sexual exploitation of a patient. And they found him guilt uh, not guilty of seven other counts. One was sexual exploitation. Yeah, but he was found guilty. So don't start a riot yet. While the L.A. County District Attorney George Gascon was frustrated with not having an answer on those nine hung counts, he made a comment thanking jurors for bringing some measure of accountability to Dr. Heaps because right. in October of 2022, the jury did find Heaps guilty of five felony counts, three sexual battery by fraud, and two counts of sexual penetration of an unconscious person right. for crimes dating between 2013 and 2017.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We the jury and above entitled cause find the defendant James Mason Heaps guilty of sexual penetration of an unconscious person. Dr. James Heaps showing no reaction as the jury delivered a mixed verdict in his trial, finding the former UCLA gynecologist guilty of five counts of sexual assault.
2: And I want to make mention the limited number of charges brought against him was at least partially due to the statute of limitations. Regardless of the number of crimes he committed overall, there is a limitation on the timeline of which you can charge someone with these specific crimes. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention that, too.
1: Yeah. And I want to I want to talk about the statute of limitations a little bit. I feel like we've we've said this before.
2: Yeah. I, I knew you were going to say this. Right. And I'm so happy.
1: OK, good. <laughs> uh, So I was looking at the rain. They have a list of what the statute of limitations looks like by state. And it, you know, it heavily depends on what state you're in, what what that looks like. But I think in recent years, it's become really, really clear that when people come forward with these crimes, it is incredibly difficult for them. Right. It often takes a very long time to come to terms with what happened to you enough to bring these allegations forward. And to have the support to do it, right? Right. Because you disclose to someone close to you oftentimes, right,
2: they encourage you, they support you, like, who's to say how long that will take? Who's to say?
1: Right. Right. And I think putting a time limit on it is such bullshit. Agreed. I think we should abolish the statute of limitations on sex crimes and fight me if you disagree. And I don't. Cool. So I won't.
2: (laughs) I actually think there should be federal legislation around this that just streamlines like nationally, because how terrible is it that in some states it's much longer and in other states it's like, you know, I think that
1: variability
2: makes zero sense.
1: The variability makes zero sense and also puts victims in a position where they have like a ticking clock on how long someone who Mm -hmm. perpetrated some like horrible act against them can be held responsible. That's bullshit. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. The L.A. District Attorney, George Gascon, has not disclosed whether his office will attempt to retry the counts where the jury was hung, which apparently they can do.
2: Retry. (laughs) Retry.
1: Oh, please, yes. He said, While we respect the juror's decision on the acquitted counts, we are obviously disappointed. I know how challenging such trials can be for all involved and the personal sacrifices that are made so that justice can be served. The trauma Doctor Heaps inflicted on the very people he had sworn to care for is immeasurable. Right, and I think that's a really profound way of of sort of summarizing what happened. He faces up to twenty eight years when he is sentenced, and could be required to register as a sex offender for the rest of his life. Sentencing was originally scheduled for November seventeenth, twenty twenty two. But it is impossible to find out whether that happened on schedule or not. Jess and I both looked and couldn't find it.
2: We'll let you know. We put out a Google alert. We're going to we're going to as soon as we know, you'll know.
1: We'll, we'll keep you updated on that. Heaps' attorney, Lenny Levine, said that they plan to appeal the verdict. So Jess and I had kind of guessed that maybe the appeal is why that sentencing hasn't happened yet.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: His lawyer said, quote, Dr. Heaps will be exonerated. This case was by no means clear cut. He added that the split verdict shows that if jurors had heard all the evidence, they would have found him not guilty on all counts, which, isn't that your job to present all of the evidence? Yeah, why didn't they get all the evidence? I I don't understand that, and it feels like he's maybe— That's a stupid— It feels like he's grasping at straws. Yeah. Um, If you look hard enough, you will find sites where people are still supporting this man. Like, there's a supportdrheaps.com. Boo. Tomato. Tomatoes all around. However, Attorney John Manley, who represented more than 200 women in civil lawsuits against Dr. Heaps and UCLA, said in a statement that the doctor's guilt, quote, has been firmly established.
2: Period.
1: Which, if you trust the justice system, a jury of his peers found him guilty.
2: And if you don't trust the justice system, you can trust hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of patients.
1: Thousands. Literally thousands of people.
2: Yeah. I trust them.
1: What's the first thing
0: that pops into your head when I say Dr. Heaps? Predator. Absolutely, predator. Monster. Predator and monster. And this was your doctor, the most intimate kind of doctor you could have. I would want him to spend the rest of his life in jail. Justice is coming.
1: This attorney, Mr. Manley, also said in a statement, the horrible abuse he perpetrated on cancer patients and others who trusted him as their doctor has been exposed and justice was done. Yeah. This was made possible because our clients and other brave women had the courage to relive their painful abuse in interviews with law enforcement and as witnesses in court.
2: 100%. And we want to honor the survivors by sharing some of their direct quotes. Yeah. Um, so we'll do that now. Kara Kegel, a breast cancer survivor who reported heaps while she was undergoing treatment at the university, said... Today, after eight long years, I received recognition of what happened to me. Although there is some consolation in that, my heart breaks for all the women who were not spared, all the women who suffered after me because UCLA refused to act. What happened to those women is on UCLA. Agreed. Yeah. UCLA will have to live with what they've done or rather didn't do. Let today be a wake up call to other institutions, Mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. it should be. Yeah, it it totally should be. And shame on them forever. Yeah. Another patient, Julie Wallach, said she hoped the payout would bring changes to the way UCLA handles reports of abuse. Quote, this is long overdue. 24 years ago in 1998, I was referred to Dr. Heaps at UCLA. At that time, Dr. Heaps sexually abused and assaulted me. I filed a complaint against him with the California Medical Board. I chased down the powers that be at UCLA who oversaw Dr. Heaps and nothing was done. Yeah. Melanie Padilla, one of Heaps' accusers, said that Heaps was was exactly what everyone was painting him to be, a literal monster. Quote, I belong to a sisterhood I never wanted. Um, That monster deserves everything that he has coming to him and nothing less.
1: Yeah. You know, it's so hard, but bravo to these women for coming forward. Mm -hmm. I feel like this episode, we just kind of wanted to bring up the fact that this happened and kind of honor their experience because going through the court case itself is re-victimization in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I, Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is just—it's appalling. It's appalling that thousands of women could accuse him. Yeah. And UCLA did nothing about it. And they're being punished for that, and they should be.
2: No, I think you're right, Sydney. And I hope that they keep being held accountable, and I hope they keep having to— remember like that that's the point of history and like learning about things that happened in the past is to never do them again. Yeah so let's take this as the learning opportunity it is for the institution even though they should have known better right and let's institute some better policies
1: and procedures for reporting mm-hmm. The district attorney said it best. People are hiding behind their white coat and they're hiding behind their title as an esteemed physician at UCLA. And they're hiding behind, frankly, the money that UCLA can put forward to keep these things under wraps.
2: 100%.
1: And so I hope things like this coming out prevent that from happening. I hope this starts to get more coverage because I couldn't find a single podcast episode about Dr. Heaps.
2: He's disgusting. Right.
1: Right. So we we wanted to cover this episode so that there's at least something out there about this. And
2: we'll let you know as soon as we find out sentencing and updates on this case, we will keep uh, updated. We'll continue.
1: So this episode was a huge bummer, but that's what we know about that. Hey, Mal Pals. Thanks for listening. The sources and links for this episode can be found in our show notes, If you haven't already, go follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Malpractice Podcast. You can also send topic suggestions, questions, or concerns to our email malpracticepodcast at gmail.com. And just as a reminder, if you like what you're hearing, you should definitely subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. And don't forget, now practice makes perfect. Bye. Bye.